wise men still seek Jesus. It was about this time a year ago that I was in Israel. Uh, one of the greatest trips I have ever been on. Uh, I got to see all the historical, biblical sites, and uh, my eyes were just opened. Uh, and when I was going there, I had eight sites that I, I, I wanted to go visit, but not just wanted to. Um, you know, we had our Acts series, and I wanted to get some video footage for those sermon intros. And so I met with Pastor Kyle and said, hey, I'm going to Israel, I'm going to these sites, can you fill me in? And he gave me some context of all these sites. But what he didn't tell me is that some of these sites were not accessible unless you were Muslim. Wise men still seek Jesus. And so it was the last full day that I was in Old City, Jerusalem, and I have yet to go to the beautiful gate, the Golden Gate. If you know your Bible, this is where Jesus rode into this city on a donkey. This is where the second coming of our king is going to happen. And I haven't gone there yet, and so I was pretty excited. And this last day, we had free time. But our tour guide said, hey, because of some delays, our, our free time is going to be 45 minutes only. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know if that's enough time. And so I Google where the beautiful gate was where I was at, and it said 18 minutes. So I did math. I was like, man, I got a degree. I should use it. And so I was like, 18 minutes there, 18 minutes back. That's 36 minutes, right? You know? And I was like, I should be able to get there, make a video, and come back in time where my group won't leave me. And so as soon as he was like, all right, it's free time. Go do what you guys want. I just took off, right? I didn't like run. I did that speed walk. You know what I'm talking about? Where you just like move your hips kind of faster and you think you're going faster, but you're not, you know? Uh, and so I'm, I'm walking to try to find uh, the beautiful gate, and I'm, I'm looking on my map, and I'm like, okay, it's just right around here. And so I turn, and there, right there is the entrance to where the beautiful gate would be, uh, but I met with two men with large assault rifles at that entrance, and they were like, whoa, 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 where are you going? I was like, I'm trying to see the beautiful gate, I, I, I wanna see it. And they asked me a question, their first question was, are you Muslim? I was like, nah, man, I'm a Christian, right? I was so proud to be in this. I was like, I'm a Christian. And they didn't like smile or laugh or nothing. And then the second question they asked me was, well, are you American? And I was like, yeah, I'm proud to be American, right? And, and I thought this was be like light in the mood, but they just started talking to each other uh, about my answers. And I was like, this is getting kind of sketchy. They're talking and I'm like, maybe I should just remove myself from this situation, okay? And so I, I, I remember just talking to them, and I didn't realize where I was at. I realized that my, the scenery, the smells, a lot of it changed because I was actually in the Muslim quarters of the city. Wise men still seek Jesus, and they're talking. I'm like, you know what? Okay, guys, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't need to go to, uh, you know, to the beautiful gate. I'll just, I'll just leave. And I look at my phone, and I have no cell phone service. Like, I don't know, I don't have Google Maps to tell me where to go. And I'm like, guys, can you just tell me how to get back to Cardo? And they're like, Cardo, that doesn't exist. And I was like, oh, oh, Jesus help me, right? And so, and they're looking at me with these large assault rifles, and I'm like, uh, can you just tell me how to get back to the Jewish quarters? Like, that's where all my people's are at. Can you just tell me that? And they start talking to each other too long. Like, to me, I was like, it's easy directions if you knew it. And they're talking to each other. I'm like, okay, um, 
Can y'all just get me out of here? Just tell me where to go. And they're like, well, just go that way and turn there and just keep going. So I get out of there. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. I go and I turn the corner and I find myself in a very narrow alley. This place was sketchy. Like the walls were so high, I could barely even see the sky. There was bars on the window. There was Arabic graffiti everywhere. And it was getting dark. Like time was running out for the sunlight. And I'm getting scared. And I'm walking. I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. I have no cell phone service. And I get that feeling. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The feeling where you're just like, somebody is following me. So I'm like, no, maybe it's just not. Maybe I'm just thinking to it. And I look back, and I see two guys following me. And I'm like, okay, either this is intentional or I watch too many movies, right? And so I see these two guys following me. I'm like, nope. And I just take off running. And I'm running fast. I'm making cuts, turns. I have no clue where I'm going. I'm just running as fast as I can, which I'm a big guy. That's not that fast. But I was like, they're not catching me, you know? And I'm running. And, and I'm making turns. People are like, these, I'm running by guys. They're like, hey, stop. Come here. I need to talk to you. They're grabbing my bag. There's guys that even, one guy even ripped off my umbrella that was attached to my bag. And in a distance, I see my tour guide, this small Jewish na- guy named Ronnie. And I get up to him, and I'm like huffing and puffing, right? I'm just like, Ronnie, I'm so glad to see you. He's like, what happened? I tell him everything that happened. He goes, yeah, you probably shouldn't have done that. I was like, well, thanks for the advice now, you know? But I said, man, seriously, Ronnie, it's so good to see you. Oh, the hope, the peace, and the joy when I found my guide. Church family, the hope, the peace, and the joy when we find Jesus. So today, as we continue our series, Repeat the Sounding Joy, you're going to find a lot of things in this season. You're going to find a lot of decorations going up. Some of you already decorated before Thanksgiving, okay? But you're going to find your streets and your neighborhoods filled with decorations and lights, all cool things. You might find during this Christmas season just some people with some holiday cheer, and they're singing Christmas carols, which is cool. You might find just people buying gifts for each other and exchanging gifts. You might find traditions that that used to run in your family and you're bringing back or you're you're starting a new tradition. You can find all these things, but they do not bring true hope, peace, and joy. Only Jesus does. Only Jesus brings hope, peace, and joy. Let us not forget that thousands of years ago, wise men saw Jesus. But today, wise men still seek Jesus. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Now, Matthew is in the New Testament, and it's the gospel account of Jesus' life through the book of or through the eyes of Matthew. Now, if you are familiar with Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, a lot of us like to skip because it's like, what are all these names? This person begot this person, this got begot, begot, begot. And you're like, all these names, why is it relevant? The relevancy of Matthew chapter 1 is to show that Jesus is part of a lineage and he is a king. And then Matthew chapter 2, what we're about to discover 
is how we should respond to his kingship. So Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 1, says this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. I'm just going to stop right there. I, like many of you, have read this story probably hundreds of thousands of times. And a lot of times we know the story about the wise man. We always go to the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But I just want to stop right here. Because as I was preparing for this message and I read just that one verse, I realized that even in my life, we skip over the simplicity that the wise men pursued the king. The wise men pursued Jesus. They were in absolute pursuit from him. They were fully committed to finding the king, no matter how long it took, no matter how difficult the journey, they just wanted to find the king. Why? Because they understood that kings have value. They understood that the Messiah, the king to be born, has so much value. Church, if I can tell you one thing today is that our pursuit of Jesus is a direct correlation of our value to him in our life. Your pursuit after Jesus is a direct correlation to how much you actually value him. So if you value God, then you will pursue him. And interestingly enough, not a coincidence, the more you pursue him, the more you'll find out his value. What is Jesus' value to you? What is his value to you? See, I grew up in a church. I grew up in church for, for many years. Um, and I, I, and I've come to realize that I, I've been through probably thousands of church services, I've been through thousands of maybe of Bible studies. I've been through different encounters and events. And I realized that early on when I was truly valued Jesus because he changed my life, man, I pursued him relentlessly. But the problem that I even notice in my life and even our Christian culture is the more we are part of a service and the more sometimes those things become so mundane that we stop pursuing and I look at a church culture nowadays, and we say this, right? I even said this before. Man, if I just show up, then God will show up. Man, if we had an expectation of not God showing up, but us coming to pursue, pursue him with everything that we have. Wise men seek Jesus, but I always wondered why. What was the purpose to seek him? And it says this in verse 2. The wise men said to King Herod, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. And ready, if you want to underline, highlight anything, highlight, underline this in your Bible. Ready? Have come to worship him. A wise man's purpose is to worship. I know we think of the wise man, we think of the, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. No, those things, yeah, were a part of the worship, but they have come to worship him. And if you know even where the history of the wise men, you know in the Old Testament, Daniel and the lion's den. You ever heard that story? 
Daniel actually was appointed chief over the Magi, over wise men back in the days of Nebuchadnezzar. And then Daniel, he would only worship God, and so they threw him in the lion's den. And the next morning, they wake up, they open up the lion's den, and they see Daniel chilling with the lions, like petting the lions. Like, I try to tell you, yo, like, my God is good. Like, these lions are my homies, you know? And they see him there, and the king goes, whoa, whoa. The God of Daniel must have protected him, and he makes a decree to all the people and saying, this God must be worshipped. Again, Daniel, chief of the Magi, here we go. And so they understood their purpose from even way back then. Church, it is our purpose today to worship. It is your purpose today to worship. I don't know what you think your, your, your life and your purpose is, and people have asked, man, what's, what's the purpose of my life? It's to worship. It's to worship him. We were created to worship. So that means this, to not worship is to not fulfill your purpose. To not worship God is to not fulfill your purpose. You know, when Jesus was riding into the city, uh, uh, going into the beautiful gate, the disciples were praising him. They're like, man, this is awesome. Jesus is worthy. And the Pharisees said this, hey, Jesus, rebuke them. Tell them to be quiet. You know what Jesus said? He said, even if they were quiet, the stones, the rocks will cry out. Ready? I don't want something else to do what I was created to do. I don't want to get to the point where other things that weren't meant for it are doing my purpose. I don't want the stones to cry out. I want to be someone that worships God that the stones don't have to. Worship. We were created for worship. And I don't think it's a lack of worship. I think it's a directional problem that we have. Understand that our worship was meant for him, but not just in a season, but in our own lives, we can directionally worship other things that was meant to glorify him. We can get caught up in worshiping a, a person, a celebrity, or elevating and, and worshiping a relationship, or worshiping a job, a success, worshiping a football team. Worship. We can get so caught up in worshiping all these other things. Do you know that worship equals value. That whatever you value, you will worship. Whatever you value. So litmus test, what are you worshiping? Because it really shows who you value. What is the time, what is coming out of your mouth more than anything? And that's exactly what you value. And if it's not Jesus, then you are valuing the wrong things. But worship is way more than just singing and clapping on beat which some of us can't do yet. <laughs> worship is way more than that. Worship is your response in his presence. Worship is, if Jesus was right here, how would you respond? That's what worship is. See, worship is abiding in his presence. Worship, ready? Worship is fellowship amongst believers. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in their midst. So there's fellowship and worship when there's the, uh, amongst believers. Worship is discipleship. 
Matthew 28, Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And at the very end, he said, I am with you always. So worship is, is when you're in his presence and you're discipling others. Worship is giving and tithing. Scripture says, honor the Lord with your first fruits. Worship is about giving to him. I'm going to step on some toes here. Hope it's okay. It's Christmas, so you weren't expecting it. But uh, we had a moment of giving earlier in this service, of, of tithing and even kingdom builders. Can I ask you a question? How did you worship in that moment? Was that, did you really show value to our king in the moment where we gave, when you had the opportunity to give? Worship is caring for the, the hungry and the poor and the needy. Because Jesus said, and as much as you did not do to the least of these, you have done unto me. Our purpose is to worship. Verse 9, when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they had, check this, saw the star. When they had saw the star. I thought this was awesome. Because it's not saying when they had saw the baby. When they had saw Jesus. No, they saw just the star. And what happened? They rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Hold on, time out. They didn't even find Jesus yet. And they were joyful. Why? Because the star represented the hope of the Messiah. They were joyful just to have hope. This is so important for us today because I think our joy is not based on, on hope. It's based on circumstance and situation. And we can't have hope anymore because we put our hope in other things. Verse 11, and when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and what fell down and worshipped him. What I love about this part of this story is that the wise men weren't disappointed in their discovery. The wise men weren't disappointed. They didn't do, uh, travel all this way from the east, see baby Jesus, and be like, nah, this wasn't my, what I expected. They weren't disappointed. How do I know? They fell down and worshiped. They understood the value of the Messiah. And then it continues. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The wise men pursued Jesus. They found Jesus. They worshiped Jesus. And what they do? They gave gifts to Jesus, ready, without expecting anything in return. There was no intention of receiving anything from Jesus. I thought about this. You, how weird would it have been if the wise men traveled all this way, got to Jesus, they're like, we found the Messiah. And they say, hey, baby Jesus, can you help me with my finances? Like, I know you're just a little baby, but I need gas money to get back home, right? Or would it have been weird if they were like, hey, baby Jesus, uh, can you help me with my marriage? 
because I left home without telling my wife. She said there was a curfew and I missed it. Can you help my marriage because it's on the rocks? Or can you imagine that someone was like, hey, young Messiah, um, can you help me? I know you're just a little baby, but can you help me with my job? Because I left everything. And so I need a new job because they fired me for leaving. And I told them, look at the star. They ain't believe me. You'd think, man, that's kind of crazy to be asking baby. It'd just be a whole different story, right? I wonder if sometimes that's our conversations when we find Jesus. And it's, God, I, I'm going through this struggle. I'm going through this. And it's very valid. But I'm going through this. Can you, can you help me? Can you do this for me? Again, it's not a bad thing. Biblically, it's correct. Ask, seek, knock. But it becomes a danger when that's the only conversations you're having with Jesus. See, I've been, I've been burdened with this message because personally, I even seen in my own life that my prayers... I just like recorded them as I say them out loud. They, they've almost treated Jesus like he was a genie in a bottle. And I've always, growing up, maybe unintentionally or maybe I'm just modeling from what I've seen, it's like Jesus owes us something. And I've changed my perspective now to say, instead of saying, hey, man, what can I receive? I, now every encounter with God, I'm like, all right, what can I give you? Because you are worthy of it. Church, I look at our, our, our Christian culture, and it's all about receiving. It's all about receiving. And I wonder if we can just change, just tweak a little bit of how we approach the throne, of how we approach the king. Can you imagine with me if your prayers were not about, hey, help me or do this for me, and it was just about adoration to him? Can you imagine if your prayers were just about thanksgiving and, and praising him of how worthy he is? Can you imagine if your expectation when coming to church was not to receive or to be greeted or get free coffee or, or even in worship to have him encounter, you encounter something, but what if it was just about serving the kingdom, serving his body, serving him, that in worship it was like, God, I, I don't care what song is playing, I'm going to give you my all. Can you imagine... If tithing wasn't seen as an investment, see, I fell into the trap before because we know, you know, God says, test me in these things. And so many of us will give with an expectation, all right, I gave that, now what are you going to give me? But what if instead of an investment, we thought, of, no, God, you deserve it all. It's yours anyway. What if instead of Asking for a blessing, you were a blessing. What if instead of needing or, or, or wanting and, and, and just, just going to, to small group just so that you can be fed and you're like, no, I am going to help feed others. What if worship was less about our emotions less about what is going on in our life 
and all about the king. See, I think sometimes we, maybe we don't worship is because our focus is not on the king. Maybe sometimes we don't worship because our focus is on ourselves. We can't worship because this, this, and this. We're struggling. You can't worship because maybe your marriage is not doing well. You can't worship because maybe there was a death in the family. You can't worship because, yeah, maybe finances are tight. You can't worship because maybe you just don't feel good today. I mean, whatever it is, and I know that's hard for me to say, I challenge you to take the focus off of yourself. Because here's the cool thing. When we get to heaven, it's going to be awesome. There's no pain. There's no suffering. And so check this. On this earth, we have the greatest opportunity to worship Jesus through the storm. And I can't wait till we go to heaven and Jesus is like, wow, you weren't going through all this stuff and you still worship me. I can't wait for that moment. Wise men seek Jesus. They pursue Jesus. They worship Jesus. But they worship with everything. They don't hold anything back. They don't say, man, this is mine. No, they worship with everything. Will you guys stand and let's pray. Father, thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Father, thank you that you did send your son on this earth. God, I don't want to skip over just the simplicity that you sent the Messiah to us. Aside from the things that he has done for us and given us salvation and redemption, just the fact that you loved us enough to send him. Oh, the hope, the peace, and the joy that we find in Jesus.